Rogan Girls episode two. We made it. Thank you for all your amazing feedback on episode one. We've taking already it all got on board. taking it all on board and we'll change nothing. Uh, <laughs> we've already got 10 billion followers, guys, so it's going really well. But yeah, so two Rogan Girls to give the newcomers a bit of context. Yeah, in a nutshell, um, we go on dates with daddy types to escalate life lessons and bring you our findings on identity politics, family dynamics, and dating in this economy and more. Each episode will analyse various topics based on the anecdotes of these twisted, corrupt, and low-key shady encounters. (laughs) (laughs) We were dancing while we were doing that. Anyway, um, as part of our... um, We lost the rhythm. What's it called? Patreon? Yeah, Patreon. Patreon, guys. You can pay us 50 quid and get us to perform that for you. Yeah. Um, yeah BTS. Yeah. So, okay, this is episode two, as we said, and we're going to delve into the encounter with our dear daddy, Julian, a.k.a. FKA. Queen's daddy. Queen's daddy. Um, Where so, did we go to first? So we went to... I think it was called... Cornabana. Cornabana. Yeah. Yeah, so Sophie had a couple Please, places in mind does, yeah. on the Lower East Side. My um, favourite place, although I'm banned now. Yeah, Sophie's banned, <laughs> but that's the story for another time, guys. Um, episode 17, I'm thinking. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be juicy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we had just gone for dinner and it was very, very quick. The turnover was quick. It was like, swipe, swipe, whatever, meet up, we're here now, meet us. Um and I mean, he'd really let, like had his shoes on as soon as you hit like we're at Corner Bar because yeah. the time it took for him to get from Queens yeah. to Corner Bar was like crazy. Funny enough about him, he actually did this whole disclaimer thing, didn't he? Before we we met up, he was like messaging me saying like, "Oh, just so you know, this is like um, I'm not expecting anything of this. Like we can just hang out casually." It's almost like he was like. The nice guy spiel. Yeah. The nice guy spiel or, like, scared of, like, himself, like, oh, having... I think it was, like, a protective measure for him. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, it's hard to know, really, what's what. Um, I often think that guys, when I've mm. dated guys, it's, a pro- pro- it's, like, a comfort blanket for you, for them to mm. essentially say then I'm not going to pressure you no worries we don't have to do anything but then also often I feel like after the fact they kind of like undo mm-hmm. yeah maybe even some like reverse psychology thing where it's like now I've already stated that I'm not going to go there so if we do it's on you and you'll feel like you're the one who initiated this so you'll feel like you're yeah the powerful one when ultimately like it was done because they planted that seed in the first place like it's true yeah. or, or or the lack of seed yeah definitely 
Um, yeah, I guess I, I think I think we live in like a very hypersexual society. So I'm not, I, I guess I wouldn't like underestimate how hypersexual like we as individuals are compared to like maybe like a decade ago or something. But I think in the past, few years men are like less inclined to be openly set like communicative about how like sex sexual or horny they are mm. and like I think there's a bit of a stigma around like around just I suppose like letting someone you don't know or someone that you like intend to go on a date with about like your wants and needs from a guy's perspective because I think yeah, I think that there is a bit of a stigma around um, pre-date communicating like your sexual like desires um, because I mean I think you can come across a bit predatory obviously if you do that but mm. um, yeah the stakes are higher and uh, I kind of think for me though like if a guy was to tell me that he was like particularly horny beforehand I would like actually kind of I think I would have a bit more trust in them just because like that to me says that there's like a level of honesty there mm. um and I can essentially and you know what of, you're in yeah exactly yeah. and I can essentially like work out whether I'm like up for that or not but I think like to be open about like how like sexual you are or like how horny you are what you want from someone is kind of just more of like an honest honest approach and Mm. it just means that you're maybe like holding less back I think I'm just like kind of a bit of aware of guys that like suppress their sexuality yeah because where does it go after because I guess it implies like that consent prior Mm. to like the encounter where it's like yeah you know you kind of have given the context and the not expectations, but like you know, the direction that you would like to take this 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 day or whatever yeah, exactly. you want to call it, this exactly. hang. Yeah, um, but I think a lot of guys obviously don't don't do it because they don't want to get cancelled. Like you know, as we said, the stakes are higher. Like they set mm. that, and I think that there's this like mask wearing there where like it's it, it feels a bit like somehow like entrapment. Like I I, I can at least just get on a date. Mm. by like fronting as a nice guy who doesn't want anything yeah. like sexual and then I'm like there and I can change their mind like it's a bit like they believe in their power that they can like change like a woman's mind by being there and then I think they get really disappointed when they don't they're not able to kind of like like stun a woman mm. and make her change her mind they still walk off without like essentially like getting laid and I think it's a that's challenge like, you know a real, it's a conquest yeah like, I think they see that as such, like, they kind of want to get in there in the first part and then they can do the talking and the, the sweet yeah, talking yeah. to, like, get to the next step. Yeah, exactly. I think they just think, oh, I can do the work when I'm there and she's never going to yeah. be, be able to say no to me. And actually, I'm thinking, like, also, I wonder if it's to do with, like, the age difference there and the dynamic already at play. And, you know, he did mention a couple of times he, he, the concept of getting cancelled, didn't he? Like he, he said it in he such a hilarious way. Yeah. If I had a way, guys, he, he was he was like a ghoul. Yeah, like, every time he do it, he go like, "Ooh, cancel me!" But like his hands were just like his fingers yeah, were just like trickle, like ja- literally jazz hands. But like, like the scary version, like Glee Club, like yeah, gone bad. Like, um, <laughs> but yeah, like I feel like almost like he felt the need to disclaimer that in case 
something had happened so that the evidence was there black and white like he'd yeah. said that he you know like he was covering his back in a way yeah that's true you know yeah. what I mean like, maybe it's pre- like a preventative measure like a protective mm. measure for everyone around but maybe like, in the US where everyone's getting sued 24-7 yeah. I I've also did feel as though he was like using a lot of like hot like young vernacular sort mm. of like he I mean I can't remember how old he was but you mm. know he, he wasn't like I didn't have him down in the realm of using like cancel cancel me in the way that he was using that yeah um and i feel like i wondered if that was him like an attempt from him to be kind of socially young Mm. like he in that sense he was like acknowledging the age gap but trying to like be on our level yeah bridge the gap somehow Mm. and like i think i think that like older people although albeit he wasn't old um like can't like can't that the idea of cancelling is probably like the most household like woke of the snowflake yeah, like exactly millennial. woke terminology yeah you know it's like, funny with that because it did come back a lot this whole idea of being cancelled but he was almost like he kept like fluctuating between the idea of being cancelled and how he wasn't that kind of person but then doing all these explicitly cancelable offences yeah like even the fact that he delved into the fact that he had a twitter account do you remember that i just oh, remember yeah but it was like very like confusing because he he kind of said that he he said really like out there kind of shit on there like that like That's very it, yeah. problematic shit yeah. essentially about trans like yes. you know he, i just remember this and i'm like yeah. He's basically like explicitly saying that he's problematic as fuck, but then he kept also. Oh yeah, he was he he. <laughs> you know what? He was a J.K. Rowling fan. Yeah, stan, yeah. Wasn't he? he was Shit. a J.K. Rowling stan. Um, and that's that's the sort of content he was posting on Twitter. Mm-hmm. But then also it was interesting because once probed, he said that it was he was um, anonymous. Like, he, yeah. was, he his real name wasn't on there. He was, like, using it like Reddit or something. Yeah. Like um, and, I, and in my mind, I thought, okay, like, well, then you're definitely trolling some, like, poor, innocent woman or something. Yeah. But, um, yeah, his his Twitter account was definitely, like, like a guy's. Yeah. Um, it was. But, yeah, it was it's so... I mean, he kind of, like as you said, like, met us within minutes, which is crazy, because he was coming from Queens. His whole thing was, like, he was some, like, tech investment guy, like, venture capitalist angel, whatever they called, you know. Um, Lived in Queens, but had, um, but holidayed in Rhode Island. Um, That then developed into him inviting us, um and to his house which we very almost took the invitation we did i mean for me he was he was obviously troubled by my presence as the third wheel so he suggested that i that he bring a friend a policeman friend for me (laughs) and when (laughs) and when he got the photo up when i said i'm okay i'm interested i'm down for the boat ride in rhode island like but you know i need to see the like I need to well, see the photo. With. I need to see what I've got. To, I'm like contending with here. He proceeded to get up a photo. It was on Facebook, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. 
of his friend as a child. A literal child. Like, not even, like, a teenager. Like, not the prime years. No. Like, not a jock. <laughs> no, no, no. An actual child. A child. Like, imagine a grown-ass man, like, showing his fucking <laughs> grown-ass friend for, like, his depiction of it is, like, a la- an actual infant. And that's supposed to, like, be enticing. I know. I was like, I'm giving off the wrong impression if <laughs> this is what you think. <laughs> if this is what you think I'm into. But, um... Yeah, that was... Yeah, we, we were going to do it. Well, basically, it was on our way. Like, we were going to Boston and we were kind of like, you know, that bit of the couple... We had a, a couple free days where we didn't really know. We just knew we needed to be in uh, Salem to perform a, a witch trial reenactment uh, three days later. So yeah. we didn't know what was going to be in between. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, basically, he arrived and he was just like, oh, I'm by the entrance so I had to go basically collect him um oh but yeah you went to the toilet and I was sat at the bar oh yeah and I saw this guy hovering obviously it's not my photo on tinder so he doesn't know that he doesn't know to look out for me yeah and to be honest in a way I kind of let him squirm I knew I knew it was him because he was he was hovering around like some like I mean he looked like a first day kind of like, like extra there's on... a special look about someone you know that that kind of like that deep insecurity look on someone's face when they're mm. like hovering around waiting for like essentially a blind date like to be honest like he needed someone to go and collect him you know yeah. like that that's his whole what was what his personality was giving like yeah. I'm, I'm here to be collected I had to come through I'm with a headset and a clipboard to like cool but you know like <laughs> yeah like he he was very like yeah like lost Mm. kind of like needed that guidance yes. in all sense of the terms which quickly became apparent later on mm. in the conversation yeah. as we realised his deep-rooted mummy um, issues yeah that came about but so anyway what did he order and what did you order yeah, oh so that whole melon in corner a bar a gotta yeah. say though shout out to corner bar for the oh. best cocktails we ever had yeah I mean they were but also as shout in that night yeah <laughs> the best cocktails we had that night yeah it was like a tall glass, um, some sort of melon, like, but not overly sweet, with a whole wedge, like a whole wedge of melon in there. Yeah, I feel like the melon was like acting as an ice cube. Yeah, and you Which know sometimes you get a cocktail idea. Like, fucking hell, half of my drink is this. You know the yeah. massive cock, the massive um, ice cubes. Yeah. You're like, I literally have just paid a tenner yeah. for a shot and a massive ice cube. Yeah. At least this was like you're getting your five a day, you know. Yeah, totally. But and also, I think it's kind of like a nice idea that you can like eat the melon after. Yeah. And the alcohol juices are soaked exactly. into the melon. Gets you drunk. So quicker. yeah, but also shout out to Corner Bar for having the most judgmental like barman I've True. ever been served by. To be honest, like wow. this guy was like giving us the dirtiest look oh for being with an older like, dare I say. I mean, I dare. <laughs> I'm like, you dare to say because you're about to say it right now. <laughs> an older guy. Yeah. Rather, no, I won't say it, but but he he was like, like giving such dirty looks, and I just thought, fuck you. We don't need this right now from you, honey. Like, you know, take that bad energy mm. somewhere else. Yeah, and it, it was like we were taking advantage of this poor, like, elderly guy. I mean, he wasn't, he's, he's not, he wasn't old. He what, no. was, he like 40. Yeah. Something like that. Like, yeah. he's not old. He's, you know... It was like... I, I felt in that moment as though I was 
Pretty yeah. Woman. Yeah. I felt like Julia Roberts. Yeah. When she went shopping. Um, but yeah, like obviously also had to set the tone that we were going to be together. So that was always like a tricky conversation of like, Hey, like <laughs> just for my friend, like, so if we're <laughs> traveling together, like it's super cute. Um, but like make it kind of candid and shit. So they don't start thinking that, yeah, there's going to be like any kind of threesome activity. Yeah. yeah. Um, you it, know, it's sort of like, the you got to en- let them know the kind of like endless attempt to like, nullify the sex the sexuality of Mm -hmm. their brain essentially because as soon as men hear like i'm with two i'm with a friend yeah i think their mind wanders to reason and you have to like complete you have to like you've got to hit that on the head like yeah suppress that straight away because that ain't (laughs) no exactly like that was like it was like couldn't be further from any of our intentions you know so yeah, and also just to say, I mean, it's not about the fact that we were, you know, with a guy who had money. It's just that I, I mean, I personally, when I have been on dates, haven't done anything sexual on the first date anyway. So exactly. it's not about, like, anything other than the fact that that wouldn't happen. It doesn't anyway. matter your age, your ASL, you know, yeah. first date ain't happening on the first date. No, know? exactly. <laughs> I mean, albeit it has happened occasionally, but no, it's yeah, just not with him. <laughs> exactly, just not with him. Um, but yeah, I mean, not with him. Definitely after the way he conducted himself after like four hundred drinks. Oh like, my god! A man should be able to <laughs> to handle, handle four hundred drinks. There's nothing less attractive than a man who can't ha- handle four hundred drinks. I think that's true. Drinks. I think that's true. That's literally a deal breaker yeah. for me. I'm sorry. Yeah, you need to honestly, like, it needs to not touch the sides. You need to go home as if nothing. Nothing. It's, it's sober. Yeah. You're fuck. a rock. And I wanted to wake up the next morning fresh. I wanted to be able to do that thing that, you know, they yeah. make you walk on a... The police make you walk on a line and see if you can walk yes. straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need you to do that after yeah. 400 drinks. 401? Okay. Yeah. Then, fine. Right. So we sat down and we just kind of like, obviously went to get him. And he, he once again, IRL, re... Um, re-stressed the fact that he wasn't in it for anything he started confiding quite early in the convo about his uh recent broken heart um you know and that that was a bit of a recurring thing with the daddies i gotta say they they actually i feel like that's a, a weird juxtaposition maybe between like dating young and older because there was no shame there and actually it was quite like explicit when they had come out of a relationship almost as like a token of like see i'm not broken i'm not emotion crippled i can i am capable of long-term relationships whereas when you're younger like you're going on a date with a 20 or 30 something there's a bit of a taboo there and saying that you've just come out of a recent relationship Mm -hmm. because it's almost perceived as like i'm just dtf whereas they're just trying to be perceived as dte down to earth do you think you think that they're like trying to be just cool i think they need to like almost prove to themselves and to others that they aren't just a sad middle-aged man who's like dating young and just dating full stop in a world where at that age conventionally whether you're a man or a woman you kind of need to have a ring on it and a white picket fence you know i want but i just wonder if like them presenting themselves as someone that's dte Mm -hmm. um comes from like a sex drive like in the sense 
like under it, under it all, the reason why they want to like be cool and down to earth comes from the fact that they want to have sex. Like mm. sex drive, mo- like their sex drives motivate them. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe they think it's appealing. You know that that yeah. someone's like it's endearing that someone's just come out of a relationship, but also like. Oh, he's capable of that, you know, yeah. he's capable of love and therefore maybe they think that in our kind of like amygdala, like, you know, yeah. primitive, like gender role, like prehistoric brains, we're going to be like, oh, he can be the provider yeah. type. He yeah. can be that stable, like, definitely, I think I know, agree. masculine yeah. 100%. archetype. So I think it's, I think like in their minds, they must believe that it makes them wise, which it does in the sense you know, with every relationship you learn something and all of that. And I suppose when you're, like, speaking to, like, an older man or an older woman, like, you who have just come out of a relationship, naturally they have more life experience than, say, someone that's younger. And I think, I think, like, this was another common reoccurrence with a lot of the guys which we met, that they would present themselves in very experienced ways like Mm -hmm. they were talking about travel or something you Mm -hmm. know yeah and i think that's to do with like gaining some sort of admiration from someone that's younger because like yes there is like the whole like oedipus complexes of like us like essentially like the freudian like mm. psychoanalysis yeah but i also think there's something to do with like for younger people like, I think it's, it's like, maybe you crave learn, taking on something like knowledge mm. and like wisdom, which, which, which only, I'm, I'm not saying everyone agrees with it, but naturally you assume that an older person would have. And mm. I think that, that maybe like, um, Julian, like, acknowledges that as well, somehow, like kind of this like I've you know I've just come out of a relationship and I'm not as you say like I damaged I'm capable of that I'm presenting himself as someone that's incredibly like functioning mm-hmm. and that like he can offer something yeah for sure I think there's like you know it's it's the most common exchange I feel with those kind of dynamics is like monetary mm. but I think on both ends on both sides there's more of a a craving for something a bit more virtuous than that and I think you know on on the younger side there's this craving of like this of almost like a role model of like of guidance of spiritual enlightenment of like of wisdom that comes with age and and vice versa on the other end there's this 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 yearning and this like this this almost like this this yearning for the elixir of youth and and, and an adventure and spontaneity I, I think that's kind of like what you'd hope but I think what actually comes out of these encounters is a lot of just like presenting yourself as such and portraying yourself as such and I think we found that we we would kind of play like kind of like play up to that side of just these two girls like these two British like young um, (laughs) you know like we were playing up. Uh, we were playing up to that. Those kind of like yeah. these ideas of what they wanted us to be. Yeah. And I'm sure that they themselves, in their own way, thought that they were like providing this kind of like 
this wisdom that comes yeah. with age when actually yeah it was quite the opposite you know yeah definitely but, i think it's like an embodiment of mansplaining somehow but yeah. like they are of course indirectly flo- like and directly floating their egos by dating t- not one two mm. like broken girls broken girls and i think they like yeah ultimately like i was thinking about how men also are sort of bred to be these like providers mm. and like they that's kind of like in their dna like in the very fact like going off piece a bit here but like you know they're kind of like the disposable sex in the sense like they're they're the ones that go to war and they're Mm -hmm. the ones that get sacrificed if like you're on the titanic and they're (laughs) not the ones who are the vessels for new life to be created yeah um they don't get a space on that door no exactly (laughs) and uh i think in that sense that's also, I suppose, where that sort of dynamic between us and some of the daddies came in, where we were, like, hamming up this kind of, like, survival mode instinct of, like, yeah, we're just, you know, two disillusioned, like, mm. young girls, like, just, like, not really sure about life. Like, this is yeah. our... F- and, like, you know, the fact that we were travelling, in quotation... Both out also, of a job at that moment. Yeah, also just signified to them that that they could, I suppose, like, exploit the fact that they thought we needed guidance. I mean, we're Mm. both very, like, I think, well-rounded people, but, like, that is something that I dumbed down with them, for sure. And I think that they, it it only served them, which is, like, interesting to think in terms of, like, moving forward when we do more, because, like, I think it does serve them when we're kind of, like, oh, um... How do you... What, you, you've you been to Paris? Mm. You know? Um, yeah, there's a combination of, like, the age thing, which we've definitely, like, playing down, and our life experience and our knowledge and our eloquence and everything, really. And also, obviously, there was the dynamic there of, like, us being from a different country. And granted, the language is the same. And that's definitely something we played up, guys. The Britishness was on... was front and center like my trusty steed i know it's a party trick but obviously like it's there's also this like easy gateway to ignorance it's almost like this like game of like the more dumbed down we could come across the more we were able to get out of them Mm -hmm. because the more that egos were flattered and the more they saw this encounter as a good investment you know in that time and i do think men actually see these kind of like human relationships sometimes in that kind of like equity terminology of like what what void can it can it fill but essentially to not go too off off topic but yeah he he kind of started chatting and it basically became um apparent that pretty earlier early on um as you were talking about Freud about his the mother-son dynamic there like he talked about his mom quite a few times and I I basically kind of understood that he had this weird complex with his mom being this like overpowering figure in his life yeah I feel like he had this sort of like female to male like motherly wound or something Mm -hmm. where he was like 
I don't know. I kind of wonder if in previous relationships that she'd like been really vocal about the fact that he didn't like his ex or something. Because I feel like she is one of those, like is a mother who kind of like, I think it's called like um, projected her animus, which is like essentially her kind of subconscious masculine brutish side of herself Mm. and often like mothers will project that into their sons when they're growing up to like develop like an aggressive and brutish like persona within Mm. them and they're often really vocal like about yeah like think about um who who their son is dating or Mm. um and like they're the gatekeeper in a way yeah and like I listened to this podcast and this like psych uh, this psychologist was like I have some clients who come in and say that their mums literally have been screaming at them saying that their partners are ugly um stupid and that they can't believe that um that she that they would ever find like their partner attractive and I think it's a bit like kind of like ubiquitous like everywhere that it's that that what the mother is trying to say is that she can't believe that 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 her son could be aroused by anyone but her sort of thing Mm. and (laughs) I kind of wonder if there was like that dynamic with them because like I kind of feel like he clearly was like so turned on by the fact that I think he could kind of see you pleasing his mother somehow and yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's what he explicitly he was saying, like, his mother would love you. Mm. And I think that there's that, like, play of him wanting to please his mother, but also maybe he actually had found someone that he believed could please his mother after a string of people that, like, couldn't, mm-hmm. he didn't, who clearly didn't, like, please his mum. And, yeah. like, that probably caused him a lot of, like, pain because she probably, I mean, this is a gem, like, a, a, an assumption, but... I mean, I'm just assuming, yeah. judging on his behaviour, that he, like, his mum probably was, like, kind of really, like, smothering of him, maybe. Mm-hmm. It definitely seemed like that. I mean, the topic of his mum came back quite a lot mm-hmm. and came up, and the more it would come up, the more um, I would kind of play... Yeah, I would kind of, like, keep bringing it back because I just could sense that it was... A very complex and and suppressed side of him, himself and yeah. his in his and his um, psyche and like um, there was obviously the conversation around like languages and stuff and he he was like I guess Canadian and his mom mm. like he spoke French with her but then they lived in like that whoa when he busted out <laughs> that Arabic crazy obviously like. There was quite a lot of common communal linguistics and cultures there. Like, he was French-Canadian, so he spoke French fluently, so do I. And then he had weirdly, like, lived somewhere in the Arab world for a few years, I think, growing up. And that was also very interlinked with his, like, the matriarchal relationship. Mm. Um, And out of the blue, a grown-ass Caucasian man starts chatting Arabic, like, and I was just like... And yeah, and I think it was just unraveling. It was like, 
like an onion, the layers were coming out and every time like a bit of a puzzle would be revealed, he would just be like even more agitated at the thought of like how, like you said, probably it fit that it ticked one of his mum's boxes. Yeah, yeah. And, um, but I mean, it got, it got me thinking about the conversations about, around like, topics of like exoticism and stuff because, you know, he, from that moment, he just was blurting out Arabic at me. Like, and dare I say, like, so I need to stop <laughs> saying dare I say. No, say it, but, but yeah. Like, by the way, they don't even speak Arabic in Iran. We speak Farsi, like, yeah. and that's what was just like funny how we were just bumbling it. Like the moment I said I was Iranian, he was just like, speaking Arabic at me like and you know he was he then started saying how many camels he wanted to he would trade for me and and my my everlasting love and and that was an ongoing thing the next few days on tinder like I'd pretty much wake up every morning to like Mm. a message from him with a a, 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 an incremental number of camels Mm. um yeah I kind of like I think that sort of adds to the reason why I feel like he was legitimately proposing. Like, with the fact that clearly he was dead certain that his mum would, like, like you. I think also because you were kind of, like, taking on that role and, like, giving it things back to him. Yeah. Um, sure. The camels, like, the offering of the camels, like, it just felt like he was quite seriously proposing. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, like, literally yeah. how you ask for a woman's hand. Is that the expression? Yeah, ask, ask for, for, yeah. Yeah. Ask for someone's hand. Yeah, that's how you do marriage. it in that, yeah. in, in that culture. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I, I was a bit, like, why did he speak Arabic? Yeah, I'm, I honestly cannot remember. Because he wasn't, like remotely no 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 he was, Cana- Caucasian. He was like Canadian like he was literally just like yeah, yeah. Canadian white guy it threw me off I'm not gonna I, I'm not I, gonna lie the accent was on point like I was like what the f- I was like is this like Rachel Dolezal you know do you remember that like woman who was essentially oh said she was black? the black fisher yeah 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 no, um, for real but it was and I think, you you know what, I feel like that was his drunk trait. Like, mm. we were getting drunker and drunker and he was speaking Arabic more and more and more. True. Um, but... Yeah, it was... Yeah. It was very problematic. I don't I, I... I think, I mean... I, I, I guess I wish I just asked him why he had learned. I think we language. did. And I just forgot the answer. But I think it was yeah. definitely like a family thing where they'd right. lived there for a bit. Okay. Which okay. I think also comes back to the, the, the element of like that being maybe like an appeal to his mom and he also said a couple of times that like Middle Eastern women were like the most beautiful, you know, whatever and like and those kind of statements in them in themselves are just like yeah. you know, like I mean they're predictable. Yeah. They're as predictable as they're problematic, you know, and, and... Well, yeah. I mean, like, there was some serious fetish-sized... 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 Going in, on. In, in, 
in a lot of the encounters that we had actually i mean yeah it's a big part of it i think i i guess like being if we're talking about meeting someone on social um on like a dating app i i i think people are more likely to have this kind of gearing of towards what they like or something mm. yeah know. but i like she showed me all these graphs about oh yeah, um, yeah dating apps and like what people what like women and men go for mm. and like it was quite interesting because i think the people the men that do the least are least well are black men mm. the best are white men Mm. which is just so unsurprising yeah annoying but yeah um but i think the top three or something were like asian latina Mm. and like another one or something and also those apps are like literally an echo chamber like yeah i've had times where i've liked someone next thing you know that's it that's all I'm fed mm. and it's it's just like this algorithm where they just like they just feed you the yeah. same kind of thing almost like banking on the fact that they assume people have a type yeah and they assume that there is already like this pre-existing fetishization of, okay this person is into that so I'm just gonna throw as much as that the way obviously because the point of any kind of app is engagement is retention so it's a way of like okay how can I give them what they want and I'm assuming that that's what they're into mm. you know so and then in turn does that then become your type because that's all you see you're seeing you know so yeah. it's, like, it's interesting to think how do these apps and the demographic on there actually shape your type you know yeah, yeah true I mean, like after maybe... a lot of dating that daddies are kind of yeah there's parts of me that was just like yeah like does your type just even... precede the app like yeah. the app comes first telling Chicken you what egg. you like and then because that's all you're offered. You're being offered, yeah. like, much of the same. Yeah. So then suddenly that evolves into your type because that's all you're seeing. Yeah. That sort of thing. I mean, yeah, I do think there's some truth to that. Like, I think, like, ultimately, you're just you're just working with what you get given, really. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think, like, it's definitely interesting to think about, like, for me, like, the fetishization of, like, Asian women. Mm because um, I just found the graph and they're like, they do the best. But I, that, I mean, it has to be said that that has something to do with like, like people perceiving them as um, submissive Mm. and like kind of like very sexual beings, but people that can be controlled Mm. And, like, I think if we're talking about, like, fetishization on apps, like, especially, or, like, meeting people from apps, which, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I just, I, I guess, like, that demographic demographic of women are, like, overtly sexualized. Mm. Um, and, and therefore they perform the best, like, yeah. I, I mean, it's so cynical exactly. even putting it that way. Exactly. But it's like they are the target audience for a lot mm. of like people, especially when that's 
the aim of people yeah. wanting these apps as a hookup app you know i like, think that, that that's i think it, that's the target audience for people that want to hook up rather than relationships yeah. like actually there was this like story i read and this guy like married this japanese woman and had a baby with her and she fell in love with him and then he like moved back to america and then basically married an american woman because all he got he, he sort of like wore thin of her kind of like cultural values and like got tired of them and wanted to just date an uh, american woman mm. and like basically started like started dating it was a phase yeah basically. exactly he just it's the sexual aspect yeah of of so, like anything. trying something on or so i think there's a lot of that like i mean you know um both of us in our family dynamics like our mum is i guess the poc like to call it that but so we both had that kind of dynamic of the the dad being the the white guy essentially yeah. <laughs> <laughs> john the bob and john like but um but so it's it's kind of like interesting this idea of, of like exploring like christopher Columbusing your way into like a new relationship you know like mm. you're 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 like ex- you're trying something new on you're exploring a new demographic yeah a new type of person like and it's just i think i mean we'll, we'll talk about all that in depth anyway like um in yeah the, they'll be yeah the, po- the podcast but yeah i, I just like I, I've got, like, a question. Mm. I mean, it's not really re- related, but it's... It's question time. It's, it's going back to the kind of, like, fetish size. I, can't, I just can't believe it. a compilation of you saying Fetish, that word. Fetishization. Yeah. Um, of, like, of POC women. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I would you okay so say you broke up with your ex Mm -hmm. would you rather they date someone that their next partner was Mm -hmm. someone that looked like you or was the complete opposite because like Mm -hmm. I look like me I someone that looked like you yeah because I I had just my ego would take it as they're not over it yeah I I told yeah ideally a bootleg version yeah of course you versus the guy they're telling them to definitely a pound land version of Mm -hmm. me essentially Mm -hmm. like it definitely says that they're not yeah over you but like there's nothing worse than like someone complete opposite yeah I have had that before yeah and it fucking hurts like wow I but the reason why I, I sort of bring it up is because like I have a real aversion and like it would be a red flag for me if someone said I only date Asian women mm. because I've heard it all before mm. like lot like a lot of men have said that mm. because and to me that there's something fundamentally wrong with that Do when you, you ask watch them too why? much porn um I I don't I haven't really because mm. like I think the obvi- the answer is too awkward yeah. in that moment because yeah. I know I know the answer I think yeah um, but it's interesting to hear it from them and also the question yeah. alone like why yeah. how come maybe no one's even asked them yeah. that before the next person that tells me that I will ask you, yeah, but I just think sometimes when they, they've told me that in the moment it's like it's the elephant in the room like mm. we're, we're looking at each other and we both know mm. and I I have this like empathetic female mm. like it, within me that's like 
I don't want to make them feel uncomfortable, mm. even though they clearly don't because they've just come out with the Shameless. fact that they only Shameless. only date Asian women. But um, I like I it's a total red flag for me. I think it's it makes me feel very uncomfortable actually. Um, but I obviously when I went through my breakup was so curious as to like who my ex boyfriend yeah. would be with um, because I think ultimately it shows if you do have an Asian fetish, like, after, yeah. like, dating one Asian woman. Cats out the bag. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, exactly. Like, the like you've been unmasked. Yeah. Um, and I had told him on loads of occasions I'd found that really problematic, but... Did he go for an Asian He didn't, he didn't, oh. no. So, so it's like a double-edged sword, because I was like, this bitch looks the opposite, the antithesis really? of me. So, like, I'm half like, okay, that's kind of sucks. Okay. But also, at the same time, I am very, like, contented with the fact that this person isn't Asian. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's 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 like a weird double-edged sword. Like, there's something I shouldn't have to worry about, but... But I feel like sometimes guys are aware of the stigma there and, like, you know, like... But if a guy, like, saying that, like, I would just straight up, like, just, you know, I, I would make a question that's obvious, even more explicit, mm-hmm. and just ask it. Oh, really? Why? And just yeah. play dumb in those situations, because... Yeah. The question like and the them? statement in itself is so fucking dumb that yeah. all you can do is reciprocate with a dumb question. Yeah. And make them have to spell it out. Yeah. And in that, they would... I mean, anyone in their right mind would just be, like, mortified, you know? But, like, but I also feel like there is, like, a, a, um, a world in which, like, people are aware of the, the patterns of, of fetishization and exoticism. Oh, you've got the bug, have you? <laughs> <laughs> that they're that they're like trapped in and so they do this thing where they kind of like to keep themselves from any kind of like red flags in that respect they will actually like alternate yeah do you know what I mean like they'll actually like be like oh let me actually like let me offset this let me offset so, like this. a biannual so it'd be like, it'd be, it might be like you know like Asian Asian yeah like yeah, something yeah, else yeah. Asian you know like um, to be honest I've actually any, had any good con artist had would do Asian Asian Latina, Asian, Asian. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then after a while, it's like you crack the, the code. Like, it's like, wait a second. There's a consistent formula here. Um, but, I mean, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, to come back to, you know, Julian, there was very, like, suspicious vernacular used around the camel, the whatever, yeah. whatever. And, and just him blasting out Arabic every five seconds, like, you know, so... It was all weird, and obviously he was like, "Yeah, this is my first Tinder date, blah blah." Like, almost like some badge of honor, like I should be, we should be so honored that this is like his. First. He's like a fucking at virgin, you know. Like, um, so we're sat at the bar, getting judged by the bartender. We were like one melon in, one melon cocktail in. Then we had a martini, which was like a bit gross. We moved on to the next bar, Le Dive, yeah. a quintessentially Parisian hideout. <laughs> we're not sponsored guys we're not sponsored yet um <laughs> the most darling the good words. um but yeah so we're in here you know set the set the scene there's like these like little like parisian st- you know those kind of like straw like weaved like chairs they have in those parisian cafes yeah so in them at this point we we're fucking unhinged like well here like i was on another planet yes yeah. ended up ordering a bottle of uh, orange wine which can I just also say, whilst like as a side note, as we were previously talking about like admiration and knowledge, I'll tell you two things that 
Julian did not know how to do. Yeah. He didn't know how to pour, pour. a bottle of wine <laughs> because I, you know, I walked away SpongeBob SquarePants like with like a whole bottle of wine in my clothes. And thank God it was orange and not red. Second of all, in my nice dress, he did that classic. The audacity. I hate using the word old because I do think it's derogatory, but elder person thing. Mm-hmm. Old as of- dirt. Old as fuck. What we meant is this you're only as young as you feel, actually. What we meant is like you're <laughs> literally six feet under. No, just, um, um Yeah, he and another thing he just didn't know how to do, and this is like the classic old eld, elder person thing, he did not know how to hold a phone. So we oh asked him God. to take some photos of us. Yeah. And, like, it was like... It was a fucking... Trembling. His hands were trembling. He was, like was, he, was he was nearly falling backwards, like, into, like, this crucifix yeah. pose. Like, Literally. he... You know when you... That, that game that you play with, like, someone that you trust and you're, like, fall backwards? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was like he was going... Once again, at the Glee Club, like... <laughs> he was, like... He was talking over. there was no over. one behind him, like... I was like, he was leaping into yeah. the unknown, like our, our eyes, fucking arms open. Yeah, guys, that, that anecdote. I mean, we'll, it, 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 it's on our Instagram. It's um, it's the kind of like I guess poster cover girl of Two Broken Girls. Um, he actually took that photo. So big up to Julian. Yeah. But like, wow, that was. I was surprised they came out like the way they did. Because, it's a miracle. Like, th- that camera was moving around like oh my god it was like earthquake like it was like yeah it was like that room in the in the natural history museum you know the earthquake simulator room like it was literally that yeah so he was just lit as fuck to be honest and oh my god do you remember he kept being like trying to he was like i just want to kiss you i just want to kiss you that's when it started getting a bit much. But I mean, that's why we do draw the line, obviously. Like, yeah, once of course. That these sort you can of... look, but you can't touch. Yeah, I mean, you can appreciate the scenery, but yeah, no, it was just like we were just having a nice chat. Listen, we were being entertaining. It was a Wednesday night. He said it himself. He had nothing better to do. He said, "You come from home." He was happy to have a night out. He was happy to be taken out of the house. So, as we said before, we're doing God's work. In no way did we, like, pressure him to come to the next bar or the and next bar. Not the next one, either. Yeah, we would have done that anyway, to Exactly, be exactly. So, he crossed that line again and yeah. again. And he kept being like... He did. Do you remember? We were doing this, like, kind of, like, Madame thing where I was, like, sending him to you to, like, kind of, like, have a chat, like, about, like, what was not okay and shit. Do yeah, I was know? probably, like, taking him around the corner yeah. to turn him off. Like, you know, you not do this, work. Julian. Um, yeah, I I think there was an occasion you went to the toilet and I had to, you know, had stare at him in the eyes and say, you know, Sean this is really what you do good. on the first date. You don't do that on the first date. Yeah, well, we don't do fucking that on the first date. You, don't, you can do if you want, but, you know... You not on our watch. Um, and I did, and I can say that I absolutely don't think I knocked any sense into him whatsoever no. because he persisted. Persisted, um, persisted to the point where we're at bar three. Yeah. Did you like crowd- that orange wine though? I don't think we liked it. I know, I don't think, I mean. We spilled, half of it he spilled, the other half we don't remember in taking, but. I think it, 
I think I don't think I enjoyed it. No. Um, yeah, I gotta say, the dive, you gotta step up your game. Yeah. I, also, I mean, the the atmosphere wasn't particularly um, vibey. Yeah. It's enough um, for me on the atmosphere. It was it was like dead. very dead. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Except it was, like Julian. Yeah, Julian he was providing just like actually it. smashing glasses left, right, and centre, yeah. not being able to stand up. But literally, yeah. But then, anyway, so we went next door. Obviously. And then, in contrast, the next bar was round, so that was yeah. clandestino. It was cold. Yeah. Um, wouldn't recommend on a on a on a Wednesday night, and therefore definitely not on a Saturday night. Yeah. Probably wouldn't recommend any time because you you couldn't even get a drink in there. Why was it so round? I don't know. It was like, but somehow we befriended everyone in there. I know. Ended up going, like, literally just, like, came out of there with Julian, left with a whole fucking crew. Yeah, left whole with a new friend, friendship circle. Literally. Oh, we forgot to say about the encounter on the way. So, in between those two bars, somehow, we literally ended up, like, meeting this face-tattered, like, drug lord who... He was what? He was, he was, he's, like... The most gorgeous person he was I've ever seen, but like he was, yeah, a. Don't even know how to, to explain some sort of like. Tatted, like. Like, did he have? He was like. I'm a... pretty sure he's wearing a wife beater or something. He had the chains. He was there in front of his like silver like beamer or whatever, and drinking prosecco, guys, for real. Like out of a bottle, like but in a in a flute, in yeah. a fucking flute in in like the street, like no one summoned that shit, like, and so we hovered, we 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 ran to him, like we saw the light in that moment, and the light was like free prosecco. Um, next, we know we're chatting to him. He was trying to get Sophie to 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 come with him on an adventure <laughs> to and, to get in the car and yeah. obviously suck him off. But probably <laughs> to be fair. in this economy. Um, no, he he. But sometimes, like I, I'll just be sat in silence and think. You think why, back. I, why? Why didn't I just get in why? that car? Yeah, could have been in your. I think that too. To be honest. <laughs> yeah. um, he was just so hot. Like, but he would have absolutely. Crash that car. Used me as an ashtray. Like, he was... (laughs) I mean, he was, like... It was strictly business. Strictly come... It was, like, getting... Strictly come daggering with him, like, for real. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Like so he was, like... I think we asked for a glass of Prosecco, like, the sort of, like, obsessed fangirls. Yeah, It's, like, we were kind of, like, backstage, and we were, like... "Ah, can we get your autograph? But instead it was like a glass of Prosecco. And he was like, come he on was then. He didn't yeah. want to share. But then you were, and then I think he was, I like, was like, cough up the fucking Yeah. And then I think he was like, come on, get in the car or something. And I'll give you Prosecco. It was like an ultimatum. So I had to step in and be yeah, like, you. no, okay. On behalf of two broken girls in corporations, I'm putting my fucking foot down. I'm protecting the gal. <laughs> the best belief, she was getting digmatized by the minute. And, well, we had, you know, we had a date to get back to, to be honest. True. Um, but also, yeah, like I said, that guy would have 100% crashed a car. And we had a, a couple suspect similar encounters that happened down the line, which we'll cover. Uh, to that relate. <laughs> <laughs> Selfies getting triggered. Um, relate to cars and a severe amount of alcohol. And, yeah. 
driving across bridges. Driving across states. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, Intercontinental breakfast. Yeah. But, so, got got the Prosecco out of him. I mean, but, you know, at the same time when we were asking for it, he was like, you know, I think he was like, where are you from? You know, like, doing with that. I mean, he was Japanese and, like, Haitian, I think, which is stunning. Oof. Yeah. I mean, we all know you love a Haitian. Oh, I do. Um, fucking hell. But By he, the way, shout out to you. I met you on Riley the other night. Uh, you're Haitian. That's all I know about you. Do you remember me and a tall, guy called Jimmy? The night with Jimmy outside uh, Tasty Bakery. Yeah. If that was you. Follow us at Two Bro Follow us. us and One of us will get back within. to you. <laughs> One of us will get back to you in five to ten working days. <laughs> Uh, our office hours are bank holidays between 9 and 9.01 a.m. <laughs> and we'll get back to you. But for real. Yeah, I do think it. about you a lot. I think about Haitian guy a lot. Not your Damn, one. though, he's Japanese. Yeah. Japanese and Haitian. And, like, he... I just... If he just was a bit toned down, a slight... A tiny bit, I would have gone there. Because but also, he was, like, giving us nothing. Like, he was saying nothing. He was just... That's, Stood there like blood as fuck saying. But I have it like remember. I remember he was like also trying to get like trying trying it. Was that am I wrong? I just don't remember really. He was very forthcoming with like yeah. wanting me like. He was like get in the car. It was that kind of chat, no, wasn't it? I mean, it's a very brief encounter. We just ran over there. I think he just thought, like he was just like. I think he was asking me to go somewhere with him, and you were yeah. like, "Look, we're not doing like we're not doing that," and, and and because I was just like a mute, like I always yeah, am, yeah, 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 yeah. like I just stand there and essentially you stare. You were like, "Jesus, yeah. Layla, take the wheel." I was just staring at him. And so then, I took the wheel. Yeah, so you took. Oh, you were like, "She's not going anywhere." And you were, he, and then he was like, "You, what, what are you gonna do?" And I was yeah. obviously blank yeah, faced, yeah, yeah. like again saying nothing. And then he said the punchline, "You're a grown ass woman," <laughs> and then he just got in the car and drove off which we thought was kind of funny in the sense that we're obviously in this dynamic of us these two you know juvenile broken innocent girls who need daddy assistance some guidance some guidance and we're out here this guy is saying you're a grown-ass woman which we feel quite the opposite mm. I mean, yeah i totally like so I, I feel like i can't make decisions such as like such as, yeah such as that but also I just do need some guidance. And he was, like, presenting that saying in a way, like, how, in disbelief. How can you not mm. make your own decision and speak for yourself? Yeah. And I can't. <laughs> well, you <laughs> were just, like, you know, MIA at that yeah. point. Like, I mean, you know, the, the spirit had left the body. The spirit, really. yeah. And the soul, was, even. You know, I was just like, okay, it's night one in NYC. Let me not let, like... Let's not, like, start driving off with, like, random drug dealers into the night. Like, who just downed a bottle of Prosecco and, um... But anyway, so back to Julian. God knows what the fuck Julian was doing in that moment. Um, well, we get back to... Disassociating outside, swaying. Yeah, having an out-of-body experience. Trying to work his phone. (laughs) Trying to open his, like... You know, he definitely had one of them flaps. You know, the the, the middle-aged flap? There's a special... There's a special place in hell for that fucking phone Oh, thing. shit, yes. You know yeah. the way they They're like leather. That? They yeah. hold all your credit cards. Oh, my God. Literally, how to get mugged in one simple step. Like, just put everything... How to lose everything. Yeah. We're in there. Like, at this point, he's getting inappropriate. He's, like, fucking pushing it. We keep, like, saying no. He keeps whatever. At this point, the bartender was, like, kind of, look, kind of 
saying are you cool whatever or was that a different time no that was, no, that, was a, a, that was a different time however yeah. the whole like there was there was a guy in there remember he's yeah. actually from london he was just like oh my god <laughs> Like, <laughs> he was like, are you guys okay? Whilst he was groping your ass. Yeah, exactly. Like, Again, with the fucking, like, you know, like, nice boy, fuck boy, knight yeah. in shining armour. Do they not think we see right through that good that good guy yeah, persona? Yeah. That oh, archetype is so no tight. No pressure, hey, Julian? Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. Your, your, your hand's got his hand on my couch. And he's asking if I'm okay. Yeah. But yeah, so he ended up interjecting. Next thing you know, we got the angry mob. The entire remember we we, stay, we set the scene, guys. It was a busy ass bar. This entire mob of like Lower East Side Manhattan like anger management crew is just coming at this guy, <laughs> heckling him out out the bar. I mean, listen, was it at a finest moment? Nah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like I didn't want it to end like that, but but he I, I don't know. Us. I guess there's this like, you know. Like, I don't think, I don't think we did anything to warrant that type of behaviour because, no, like, you don't have to put your hands on somebody. Yeah. Um, exactly. But of course I didn't want it to end like that. Like, he was, as things go, and we've seen it go downhill since then. Yeah. Um, he oh. was, like, I suppose, quite a open so book. the best daddy like, we ever had. Yeah. I know. Just he like he, he, yeah, he was all right, you know. He was just quite like. In the end, he turned out to be kind of someone that the best would go the with the flow of it. Yeah, he went with the flow. Like he was quite like, unassuming. He was quite like, he was. Like, yeah, he was an open book. As we said before, he was easy to manipulate. Not that that was the purpose, but obviously he was quite. He was malleable. It was queer. You know, he was he was Play-Doh, let's put yeah. it this way. It was quite obvious what made him tick, where, what buttons you could push. Mm. He was a gingerbread man, and I saw yeah. those smarty buttons straight up. He did kind of look like one as he well. He did, didn't he? Yeah. Um, but anyway, he got too lit for his own good. Yeah. He couldn't keep up, and he started getting handsy. He started whatever. So we had to just ditch him. And listen, truth be told, it was supposed to be one drink with him. And yeah, it's true. It wasn't really gonna be like this long ass thing. Bear in mind, we put in the shift. Like I think it was like probably like one a.m. by the time we. Yeah, yeah. Bear in mind, we met up at yeah. like twelve fifty nine. Like bear in mind, we met up at like ten. So, but you know, we put in like a few hours, whatever. Yeah. Listen, he wasn't put off because the next day he apologized, and that's when the camel chat started. Yeah. And every day it was like. 39 camels, yeah. okay, fine. 50 camels, okay, fine. 100. Anyway, so. Don't get me wrong, I don't feel bad about that encounter. Like, I do think he was truly unhinged. Like, yeah. Like, I, I, you know, we should all know our alcohol limits, guys. Yeah, for And you. he just didn't. And unhinged, it, unhinged. It, it really did. He was very inappropriate and very yeah. forthcoming towards the end. And actually, it was not. It was uncomfortable. He, he didn't need to get kicked out of that bar, but he did because of his actions. Exactly. Everyone take responsibility, and guys. And he's only got his own... As yeah. you said, he's a grown-ass man. Exactly. The man was fucking lit. <laughs> Maybe if he had a couple of fucking bar snacks in him, he wouldn't have fucking started... We, do you not remember? We were asking in that bar, which is a bar yeah. that you wouldn't find a bar snack in. I was like, you've got any cheese toasties in here? Yeah, 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 and yeah, they yeah. were like, hell no. 
It was that judgmental guy, of course. He couldn't even cough up a fucking toasty. Yeah. It's like, cut, don't come at me with those judgmental, it's like, beady eyes of yours. The man you're trying to protect needs some food. Exactly. You're out here, like, all lives matter, like, out here, like, <laughs> hashtag not all men, but you can't even give man a fucking piece of sourdough to line his stomach. I mean, pick a fucking side, bro. Anyway, so... But one thing I was going to say before we... Yeah, before we wrap up, I just was gonna open up the conversation briefly to the idea of like ageism and the fact because he he did actually mention about his young daughter, didn't he? Mm. And he he kind of did look quite coy, I think, in that moment, and quite not shameful. So I don't think it was shame, but maybe a bit shy. And I think that came from him essentially breaking down the wall that kind of connected us both in in the sense i i guess in his mind he thought we were too young to have children which isn't the case obviously Mm. but i think maybe there's that generalization that he's old and we're young and he has a kid dichotomy yeah and he has a kid and that separates him from us and that was that was a gap that he was trying to kind of like um bridge um, so do you think he was saying that because i'm still trying to make sense of why he was so coy about it but like i wonder if he was saying that as either like what we discussed before of like see i have all this life experience yeah. on you and in that i have so much i could convey and teach you or do you think he was saying it in a more of like a perverted more freudian way of like, i have a young daughter and and so I know how to engage and communicate with people like yourselves. That's, so that's a good point. Do you know what I mean? I hadn't thought about it like that. And I suppose it could be, it could be like this, this like, I have experience in, um, in like, interacting with girls like you, maybe. Mm. Or, I, I, I hadn't, yeah, I guess I hadn't thought about that, but. I think it could be a yeah. bit of that, to be fair. Because I feel like there's also this stereotype, this kind of like archetype of the hot daddy. And I don't just mean daddy in like t- socioeconomic or ageist way. Yeah. I mean more like an a actual concrete daddy, like his father, yeah. as in he has a kid. And I know that there's like a niche of like women who actually find this like quite attractive as a type. Because obviously like there's all, again, with this like double standards, sexist double standards, where if you have a woman, it's a a kid as a woman at that age is considered baggage. It's considered, uh, you know, almost like a compromise, which a man has to make. Like, oh, she's, she's great in every way, but she has kids, you know? Yeah. Whereas a guy can de-responsibilize and, and dissociate in that respect from his offspring in the sense that it can be more of just an accessory to a testament mm. of his affection and his ability to be soft and to be a loving father yeah. without the responsibility and the burden of actually having this person, this life uh, as, as a soul dependent on them. Yeah. And so it's like, I feel like there is this whole niche of like, oh my God, he's so cute. And he's got a little daughter. And like, yeah, I've got a daughter. Look how beautiful she is. Mm-hmm. I'm so proud of her. Like, whatever. Like, there's this pride that comes with being a father. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, I see in other people can't relate yeah. personally. It's just more like, um, sometimes I feel like people of that age would say they got a daughter just to be like, see, I have this nurturing, endearing side of me. Yeah. You yeah, know? Yeah, totally. Yeah, so, I, 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 yeah, I agree. Um, 
I I guess I like wondered if he was with his the mother of his daughter in this recent breakup. Mm. And like how he's now obviously made the decision to date younger. Yeah. If that person that he was with wasn't like young. Yeah. Like cuz I'm guessing maybe not if they have a child together maybe they're similar ages. Mm. Do you think? Yeah. I don't know. But like I I don't know. I guess I'm just thinking about like maybe she's older. Could be. You know what? Because he has this mummy complex. Ooh. Maybe he dates older. And maybe him now like setting his Tinder settings to younger because he just said that he just had Tinder. Mm. Therefore these settings mm. are like a new thing. Maybe this is mm. him off the back of this breakup with potentially this older woman yeah. that is him seeking this maternal reenactment. Yeah. He actually is trying to break that pattern consciously. Could be. And actually trying to date younger to stray as far away as possible as anything that's thing. similar to his yeah. mum. Yeah. But then those cracks and crevices show themselves mm. in this date because you can run but you can't hide. Them. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, like, could food definitely be that. Yeah, it's definitely food for thought. Mm. I think, um, I think the age thing is kind of interesting. It is. Like, fascinating. Yeah, it really is. Like, I read this, um, this study that was like in the in the UK, so it's not America. Forty nine percent of men would have sex with a twenty one year old. Wow! And then it was like, and then it was like something like, uh, it was like a, obviously a smaller percentage, but quite high. I remember it being. Oh, so really going to annoy me? How many people? But would have sex with an eighteen year old. Oh, wow. And I just think, is it that actually all men, no it's not because the stats show not, but mm. like, I think it's surprising how many men are just, just view youth as like, are, how many men are actually past the age of 50, unwilling to date anyone their age. Mm. It's like, and like being on social media and actively setting your... Um, like settings at like all your age range at like you know 18 or something mm. is such a decision yeah you're literally turning your back on people women that you are your age it's crazy that it's a big thing in a way the age settings you know because what you set your age at is almost like you're you're kind of like curating the the type of encounters uh, that will stem from dating apps like mm. if I mean you know I went through a phase of like dating like a couple 23 year olds whatever and like and obviously dated much older and whatever like and, and the thing is like it's it's this weird thing where it's like you're kind of pigeonholing um the scope of encounters that you're going to have on these apps based on mm. the age you you know so yeah in a way if you're an older man and you're straight up putting your settings at young you're kind of just like implying that it's very much only about looks yeah as yeah, opposed totally. to building a life for yourself on a, on common yeah. ground where you're at the same stage of your life similar or whatever and therefore you're kind of implicitly saying that you're using the app only to fuck really yeah because i think or to have arm candy or whatever you know yeah definitely i think people just see 
um, like young girls as to be honest being more visually pleasing and mm. having better bodies like and that's not a quote from myself like that's just a quote from disgusting like, old men yeah, yeah. um who like yeah I don't know but I I think like it's made me think like actually is it about is it about um is it actually about what's inside as so so many people like like to believe it is because if there's like 50 percent of I think there was 18,000 people in the study like 50 percent of those men would 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 have sex with a 21 year old and there was another statistic that was like a really large percentage of people over the age men when they hit 50 say they're actually unwilling to date anyone their age or older Mm -hmm. they will only want to date younger like I'm like at what point are we just kind of no I mean surely that is just the antithesis of saying I care about someone's like wisdom personality you know Mm. life experiences because after all of it you just what you still want to just fuck a 21 year old Mm. yeah yeah it's just like I don't care about yeah essentially you're just kind of like stripping it way back Mm. to just like very very superficial um which dating apps already do as it is but like you're you're kind of just like stripping it way back to purely just like age and beauty and you're forgetting all the common ground and I just think there's a reason why like dating works better in a similar age range you're just like you've come to some similar conclusions you've been through similar things you've yeah you know even just like not to bring the economy back into this but you're at maybe like Mm. uh, a similar and and the, the I don't know, the older I grow, the more I realise how actually important it is in a life partner to actually mm. be with someone who actually is um, at, uh, at a similar place in their life. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. Like, I, tr- quite truthfully, I think people, men, like, just maybe it comes hand in hand with the midlife crisis, to be honest. Like, and they develop like a trophy complex like a shiniest diamond complex where they're like I just want clout at Mm. this point I want to enjoy my life I did the hard shift and the struggles it's like retirement age yeah after after I mean it's not but you know it's that age where they're thinking about like actually they get to accept more enjoyment in their life rather than work because I Mm. suppose if you're turning 50 you've got what is it like what's the retirement age now I don't know. Yeah, me. But like, I think you're 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 like getting closer to that sort of Mm -hmm. period of time where you don't have to consider work, and you just settle down. You just want to like have sex, go to golf, and Mm -hmm. like, you know, especially when they've what they consider done the hard part, which is like having a wife, raising a family. They've done their fatherly duties Mm -hmm. in that respect. Yeah, and then now they're clocking off. Yeah, exactly. And they they can just kind of like appreciate a woman for their beauty rather yeah. than you know what all the you know other things that yeah. they can offer but also so another thing i thought is like what about if they're they're um attracted to women 
that are fertile. Because, like, I guess mm. if you're, like, a 60-year-old man and you're with a 60-year-old woman, uh, it may, perhaps that woman's gone through her menopause and is no longer, like, able to have children or fertile. But, you know, like, they say that, like, guys are more attracted to women when they're, like, ovulating because they can, like, smell the mm. odours or something. Mm -hmm. yeah. I wondered if it was also kind of, like, obviously, in part, not the big... Mm. reason but something to it do is something like, to do studies with, about that, isn't yeah it? Like, something to do with like the fact that they're they they want a fertile woman you yeah know, to sit and and, and, I, and with that i think walking around with a younger woman it, and with an older guy is kind of this visual embodiment of oh look i still have it because i could still have i could still have a baby like because this woman's young yeah like i obviously still can as a man yeah and like that therefore you know, you're withholding on to that youth in that regard as well. Yeah. You can still do all the things that you could have done when you were 30 because you're literally with a 30-year-old. Mm. Um, whereas, whereas a woman like, has an expiration date in that respect. Exactly. Because, yeah, because at the end of the day, we're, we're animals, you know, mm. there's, like, there's this primitive, like, desire for procreation and that is, like, that is kind of what it is. Like, that's why men gravitate more towards kind of, like, fresh right young youthful women yeah. and vice versa women go more towards um men who are like a bit more established and a bit more secure and a bit more because they can be yeah. providers you know so it's like it's the you know it's it's just this since we're prehistorical cavemen you know like it would be like the woman stays at home and like is the nurturer and the man just goes out and finds berries and shit you mm. know and hunts so it's just like not much has changed in that respect, mm. but um, I guess we yeah. keep replicating those patterns in yeah. various different ways and as time progresses and with apps and they, they just love life mm. in the digital age, things yeah. get more and more layered and complex yeah. and multifaceted. I think, I think also, just like last point, is that like people are really like looking for ways it's like survival mode now with dating. Like mm. people are really like looking for ways in which they can be provided for. Like because like in this economy, mm. it, everything's so, everything feels a lot harder. Like you gotta pair up to survive. Yeah, you pair gotta pair up, up to, to, get to survive. Pair like, up to buy a flat. Pair up to everything. In, exactly, and I think in many ways it's like cost effective to be with somebody. Yeah. And obviously, if that person ca can be wealthy and like older That's like yeah I mean and when I say wealthy and older I mean wealthy because they're older because I think yeah. it is quite hard to be wealthy and young yeah. in this economy but also like I think yeah people's survival instincts kick in and like I think I was thinking like you kind of see like such displays of like being alone and poor like every day because like you see like there's more and more homeless people and mm. like that's you know I think everyone would admit like it's not something that they aspire to be like you don't mm. want to like move towards your future being like poor and alone mm. and like without someone to like get you through like a really mm. like tough time in your life and I think that's like being like visually presented with that like every day you kind of like look around and see like shops closing and stuff like mm. you're constantly reminded of like how bad it could decaying. be yeah decaying, and, decaying and yeah. in that sense i think people are now more open and willing and like want to like you know look to 
marrying into wealth or yeah. like being with someone that is very wealthy that can provide and take care of you like it's become I think a bigger phenomenon and like shoot I was, you know a lot of students do it because like mm. they're trying to get through tough times like I think it is a survive it's a, a real survival thing now to like yeah completely well you know it's funny like because it's like obviously there's this whole like how it was you know back in time and even a bit more like maybe in more like tribes or in more like you know there's a saying of like it takes a village to raise a kid yeah. or whatever and obviously it's it's no no um it's not a breakthrough to say that like um we become we became quite an individualistic society and that as as we became more prosperous you know i think there's a correlation between prosperity in society and individualism mm. because individualism is a luxury i think you know oh, and, yeah. and 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 i think like in a way in the past few decades or even in the past like, 100 years really like as people have become more and more prosperous and had more agency whether that be uh instrumental financial like agency or any kind of agency uh even just like women's you know rights and all that like um there's been less and less a need to like coexist in communities or or even just like to latch onto a man yeah. but i think now we're kind of going back a bit more we're reverting in that respect we're like backtracking in the sense i think that yeah that just comes from uncertainty and just this desire to like actually have a safety net mm. a redundancy plan you know mm. and and that comes in both in emotional support but also financial and there's strength in numbers you know yeah so all right guys that's all we got time for well i mean it was way over time but yeah hopefully you're still there with us hopefully there's still a pulse on the other end thank you for listening thanks for listening next week we will talk about coach coach daddy coach this Mm. is one of our favorites yeah and not just like for the heart. For the heart. The, the heart and the soul. And not the eye. Easier you, than the you, eye. He said when he took that half. <laughs> no, I, I mean, yeah, I recoiled in horror, but... But listen, he's the one that got away, you know? We left a bit of our heart in Boston. Yeah, it's got a gorgeous personality, mm, that one. Oh, gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, as always, guys, like and subscribe or die. Uh, no, sorry, I didn't say that. <laughs> Down. No, for real, guys. Um, if you want to see loads of amazing content, um, head to twobrokengirls.io. The two is a two, the number. Um, on IG, if you want to send us a little love letter, a little, you know, noise, noise complaint, wow. uh, question, whatever you want. We'll um, read it out on the pod. We'll read it out, yeah. We want to start bringing a feature where we can, like, read out a question, a, a dilemma, a deep, dark thought or secret so do do hit us up um can be anonymous if you want we yeah disclose names as we said we're, we're clearly very good times. at concealing names yeah <laughs> yeah in case you didn't know guys we not we do not <laughs> disclose any names okay so anyway um yeah email us two broken girls worldwide at gmail.com anyway bye, bye. lots of love